At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. I'm calling, speaking to you live from Napa Valley, where we're attending the um, Tech Policy Summit. It's been a very interesting morning. So a lot of interesting discussions that we'll be talking about later on on another show. But um, today we're going to be talking about the EU privacy um, law regarding um, use of cookies. And, and then in the second half hour, we're going to be talking about the Facebook vote on its changes to its privacy policy. So we have an interesting show. We have guests um, from some of them you've, we've heard from before. We have, um, for example, we have um, Dan Tynan will be speaking about the um, Facebook privacy policies. And then in the first half hour, we have, um, um, we have um, the CEO of trustee um, Chris Babel will be on. Um, you recall we had um, his predecessor, Fran Mayer, on um, earlier. And then we also have returning um, on our show um, the publisher of Privacy, um, Pri- the Privacy Journal, and that would be none other than Robert Ellett um, Smith. And so we're really glad to have him back. And um, do we have him on the line, Brasco? Still working on Robert. Okay, we're still working on Robert, but um, this is actually a very significant day in history, and um, so it's kind of appropriate to kind of just um, commemorate it briefly. And um, today, June 6th, is the 
um, the day that um, the Normandy invasion, um, D-Day, started, and uh, there was a great amount of sacrifice um, was paid on those beaches in Normandy, and um, it's something that we all are very grateful for the sacrifice they made um, because it ultimately led to the liberation of Europe, and um, it's a very important day and very solemn day. Today is also the day um, that Bobby Kennedy died in um, Los Angeles following his um, shooting at the Ambassador Hotel the night before. Um, it is the day following um, the California primary, just as today is. Yesterday was California's primary and the uh, um, presidential primary, as well as a number of other races. And um, I actually have two friends who ran, and I must congratulate them on their um, making it to the runoff, and that would be Betsy Butler and Richard Bloom. And unfortunately, they're actually going to be running off against each other. <laughs> but... Um, so we're going to be talking about this EU privacy rule. And um, let, what it is is basically in order to drop a cookie, you now have to get uh, affirmative consent. And so it just alters the way business is going to be done uh, in the, you know, for web companies in the European Union. Um, the, it had been adopted for so, several months, several years ago by the, um, the UK, um, but it only – just last month, did, was it go? When did it go into a force? And did the UK indicated it would start um, enforcing it? Um, they actually gave a grace period of about a year before they actually told people we're going to be holding you to it. And um, so Robert is is going to be speaking to us about about the law, and then um, Chris is going to be talking to us a little further on about the um, what trustee is doing to try to help companies comply. Um, there are a lot of critics of this law. There's a, a group, um, NoCookieLaw.com, that uh, actually calls the law a kick in the gr- kick in the crotch to European businesses. Um, not exactly the most eloquent statement, but definitely one that conveys a point. And um, so we're going to be talking about that. And uh, any luck, Brasco? Chris, we have Chris. Yep, I'm on. All right, Chris, why don't we start with Chris? Chris, um, very briefly, um, why don't you just tell us, you, you recently came on board as a um, CEO trustee. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, uh, yeah, recently it's gone fast. It's been about two years now. So uh, I joined after about a 10-and-a-half-year stint with VeriSign and running their security group. But it's been great to join uh, trustee as we've seen kind of the privacy implications, whether it be about online behavioral advertising, whether it be about kind of the explosion of mobile device use and mobile applications and what can be done on that very personal device with regard to privacy and privacy issues. Or in this case, you know, we're talking about today some very different viewpoints in terms of privacy as a, as a human right in Europe than you see in the United States. And so all these things are kind of culminating for what I'd say is a bit of the perfect storm with regard to the privacy and how how companies continue to offer you know neat, exciting, innovative services, all while making certain that they you know find the right balance between um, you know keeping uh, consumers informed of what's happening with their information and giving them the choices that they they need and what to what to do with that data. So uh, it's been an interesting uh, and exciting two years to be involved with Trusty. And you've had a very busy few months, I guess, ramping up to address the deadline of um, the UK enforcing the cookie directive, I imagine. Yeah, it's been very interesting to see. I mean, you know, um, the cookie directive has been around since 2009. 
Um, and the original enforcement date was May 25th of uh, 2011 in the UK. You had the uh, EU pass the directive. Um, very few member states, I think we're now up to over 10 finally, have, have truly adopted it. But the UK was first with an initial target date last year. They got to that day of enforcement and had the realization that you know no one uh, by any way, stretch, or form was really ready for it. And so they pushed off enforcement to this year. So um, most companies still continue to plot along, hoping, I think, quite honestly, that it would that it would go away um, because it had quite a few implications for them that we're we'll certain we'll get to. Um, but you got to the beginning of this year and everyone really came to the realization that, no, it's not going away. It's, it's here to stay and we need to start dealing with it. And how do you deal with it? And that's where things got really challenging because, um, you know, the UK had given some guidance but was not very prescriptive in that guidance. So there was confusion about what and how to deal with it. And that's been the biggest challenge we've seen is, is you know, getting back to your quote about um, businesses' perspective on this. They, they feel like they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. They just know that suddenly they need to be giving kind of the user the ability uh, or, uh, you know, to, to, or, or be forced the, the business to pop up uh, some sort of a message to a consumer saying, do you want cookies or not? And, um, you know, whether that needs to be on every page, whether that needs to be a pop-up, whether it can be hidden in a privacy policy, these were all the issues that businesses were struggling with. And they were struggling with it too. A, a big company has thousands of pages on their website. They have different trackers that maybe or cookies that may be dropped on each of those pages. And, and how to deal with that was just, you know, kind of this monumental, honestly, oh, you know, shit how do i deal with this exactly um so that's that's what we've seen kind of up until this point and um it sounds like we may have been joined by some of the rest of the group you're looking for but we'll we'll certainly dive in in whatever way you'd like to kind of address how we're helping businesses deal with this reality and uh, it's in order to do so to comply i mean how long of a process is getting a, a websites in order in order to comply um I think the first part is, um, honestly, and, and this was maybe even the most surprising part to me, um, is that sites don't always know what's on their site. And, and what do I mean by that? You know, we have, um, we have built a, a crawling scanning technology that will go look at a site and interrogate it, you know, kind of continuously, let's say a thousand pages deep and, and do it, you know, every hour. Um, and what it's looking for is all the different flavors of cookies you could be dropping, whether it's a normal HTML cookie, a flash cookie, what have you. And it generates a report that says, then to the business, here's the cookies that you have and here's where they're located and here's how they um, uh, get rendered in a user's browser or a consumer's browser. And I have probably shared a introductory report like that with 50 companies so far this year, some European, some US, um, across the board. And I, I have to be honest, every time I've done that, I have surprised either the client or the potential client because there are inevitably things that are running on their site that they don't know about. Um, you know, wow, I thought we shut off that, you know, ad network six months ago. Hmm, what is that analytics cookie doing there? Or, you know, the, the scariest of all, which is, wow, who is that, right? And how are they on my site? So, um, you know, to answer your question to start, I mean, it, it really starts with a What's really happening on your site, and do most businesses know what's happening in terms of cookies being dropped on the consumer? And that's really the base starting point: is is a fundamental understanding of what's happening on your site, so that you can start to address the challenge. And we can help businesses do that and get up and running at least with the knowledge in a matter of days. So Which that part, 
isn't the complicated part, but it's it's the part that's most shocking to me is that they just honestly don't know what's on their site. Which actually is a good transition because you the businesses not knowing what's on their site. You know, this law is about protecting consumers and letting them know what is going to be on their site. Uh, or on their desktop or their browser. And um, we've just been joined by Robert Ellis Smith. He is the publisher of Privacy Journal. Um, he's been on our show before. He's calling in from Providence, Rhode Island, which we all know is the center of the Internet. And um, he's a Georgetown Law grad. Um, Robert, are you with us? I am, yeah. Good to join you. Thank you for coming back. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh, the EU cookie directive and what's driving it and, um, and where it stands now? Well, it's, um, I think, like uh, gay marriage. Uh, courts take a look at that and say, well, we may not like the concept, but uh, fairness and equality just demands it. There's no escaping it. And that's true with uh, cookies. The uh, administrators uh, in the European Union take a look at the various laws in all the member states there and the treaty, and there's no avoiding the fact that uh, information that is put onto your computer uh, without your consent really violates uh, the uh, uh, privacy laws that have been in place for many years now in in Europe. And uh, it's important to realize that this new directive does not ban cookies. Uh, In fact, not all cookies are affected. There are many cookies that are benign and help you get a better, faster, cleaner experience on the Internet, and those don't require consent. But um, those that are put on there for mainly marketing purposes will now require your consent. And uh, in the Internet age, age, it doesn't seem onerous to require websites and other companies simply to uh, get the approval of a consumer, a user, before installing a foreign bit of information onto their uh, laptops. So, for example, the type of co- a cookie that would not require consent would be the cookie um, I use to carry my shopping cart forward from screen to screen. Would that be one such cookie? I'm not sure of that because that may be the kind of uh, precisely the kind of cookie that the Europeans want to impose consent on. I'm talking about cookies that uh, allow for uploading and upgrading software that you already have on your computer. Oh, I see. And uh, for uh, storing a uh, particular web page in your computer so that the next time you go to it, uh, it'll be uploaded much quicker. Now, what do you think of the, the, this criticism of the law as being you know, too burdensome and also you know, interfering with consumers' experience that ultimately it goes against con- uh, human nature in that consumers um, are constantly going to have to be clicking yes, 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 and, and it's going to become more annoying than protective. Um, and on the flip side, there's concerns it may just cause people not to go to the, you know, those type of sites, um, which led, I don't know if you heard earlier, but um, one one group has called it a kick in the crotch to EU businesses. Well, we hear that regularly from business sources, and now more and more we hear it from the tech community as well, that anything intended to empower consumers to know more and to do more and to exercise options or somehow either silly or onerous to the consumer. Uh, It's not the greatest privacy problem that we all face, certainly in the United States. That's why it's a little quaint. There are many, many more issues in the United States, including online issues that people ought to be worried about, including social media sites. But as I say, when you look at the European laws, it's hard to escape the idea that uh, 
you have to have consent to install this kind of information uh, on, onto a computer. The problem stems, I believe, from the early days in the early 90s when the Internet first became available to average people, to people in their homes, to people with a PC. It was not then explained to them that in order to operate well, a website had to install this little bit of information, which became known as a, as a cookie. If that had been explained to people early on, and that's one of the principles of privacy protection, that people are entitled to know the consequences of giving information out and, and of, uh, when they can have consent and when not, and they're supposed to have a, uh, a knowledge of and be told of, of how information about them is collected and used. If that had been done in the early days of the uh, uh, Internet, and I put the onus really there on Microsoft, I guess, with its Explorer uh, browser, if that had been known, then people would have come to expect it. Uh, so often people think of the Internet, first of all, as a very confidential medium, and secondly, they don't even have the notion that whenever they deal online, that alters things on their computer. You can't really upload any software on your system without uh, having a, a connection to the outer world. And, that, and, if, and if the outside world has a connection to your computer, that means it can alter things on your desktop and even within uh, documents and, and um, software that you have in your computer. If only we had known that 15, 20 years ago, I think uh, there wouldn't have been as much of a stir. Now, you raise a good point, and that is consumer awareness, even understanding of um, you know the issue. And I actually, once when I was in-house with a, a internet company, I had got a call from a guy in Texas who wanted me to personally come to his house and remove the cookie from his computer. But Chris... Um, a trustee has taken some surveys on awareness of cookies in the UK. Have they not? Yeah, we've looked um, uh, at awareness of cookies and, and um, kind of even awareness of the law, <laughs> right? Um, the EU direct cookie directive. And I think that as is typically the case um, and, and kind of uh, which I think I'd mentioned is that consumers in this regard are typically um, undereducated, you know, as we all know, whether it be a terms of service and, updated, you know, whatever it is, as you're getting a download, trying to get to the page, consumers are kind of been trained by the web to, I want my content and click, 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 you know, okay, 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 agree, agree, agree. Um, and some studies have even, even been out that said, you know, if the average person were to read, you know, for example, every privacy policy that they touch on every site that they interact with in a given year, it'd take them weeks to do. Um, so I think that um, the system can certainly improve in terms of how we uh, educate the consumer about these issues and try to make that notice, not the legal notice that every business needs in a privacy policy to kind of make certain that to the extent the FTC calls them, they have it very buttoned up and in you know, all the correct legalese. But, you know, how do they make, whether it be a short notice, especially on a mobile device where you don't have the real estate to display something longer, how do you take the time to give that consumer a slight bit of education um, so that they actually have a better understanding of these things and, and know what's really happening uh, with their information because at the end of the day, it's it's their information. Now, the um, the UK directive or the EU directive, does it apply to mobile sites as well? Well, um, mobile is very tricky, and one of the reasons it's tricky um, without diverging too much from this is that the whole cookie mechanism doesn't really work the same. Um, and kind of the ability to use something like a cookie to track and target someone is very difficult. Um, for example, in um, you know the, the mobile phones, um, if you're talking about a browser application, a mobile browser, 
um, uh, Safari has the mark share lead and it blocks all third-party cookies by default. And then there's the whole application world um, of mobile applications and those don't have access to a cookie. And they can't share a cookie across mobile apps. Um, they use something called the UDID, which Apple's deprecating. So it's it's a very different environment um, where kind of the same cookie infrastructure doesn't exist. But certainly I think the intent of these laws in, the, in Europe and UK right now with implementation is is the same and that it would apply to any um, kind of consumer experience, whether that be web or mobile. Okay. Now, um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have two privacy giants talking about the UK cookie directive after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.